0: And we're good. Welcome back, everybody, to So Every Soul Sings Worship for the Real Church. Mm-hmm. I'm. He <laughs> does that every time, right when I'm about to say my Thank name. <laughs> uh, I am Bethany Pettigo, and I'm here with my friend Rod Ellis, and we actually have a guest today.
1: Yeah, we do. Woohoo!
0: He is one of our very favorite human beings on the face of the planet. His name is Sean Cummings, and besides being a worship pastor and really an associate pastor, and a, a really great basketball coach, and a wonderful husband and dad to a bunch of kids, he is also. The founder and visionary leader of a very special and historic organization called One Church.
1: Yeah. Wow.
0: So, Sean, <laughs> you're welcome.
1: <laughs> You'd like to meet that guy, wouldn't you? Yeah, that right? sounds amazing.
0: <laughs> we love you, Sean. So, I would like you to start with how One Church began for you as an idea. And then how you expressed it to me many years ago, back when Martha Christian and I were starting something very similar here called the Soki worship community.
2: Okay. Well, I think it started, um, as a youngster because I grew up a preacher's kid and what I saw as a preacher's kid was a lot of division in the church. And I'm not saying that that's everyone's experience. I'm just saying that that was my experience we never lived anywhere longer than four years and my dad was a pastor. And so looking back at this whole one church movement, I've learned that I it actually started way before the movement started. God was preparing me even as a youngster to show me that there was a lot of division in the church. And then he was preparing me so that when I became an adult, he was going to tell me that I would be a unifier of the body of Christ. And he revealed that to me. I believe the year was 2016 um, I believe that's correct. He revealed that to me in a in a more profound way, I guess you would say that God spoke to my heart and he said that the church needs a revival. Mm-hmm. It needs a revival and needs a rebirthing to what it was when I created it. And when I created it, it was one. Um and so we've seen the church be split off and in all these different sects and these different denominations and just different theological views and all this stuff, but I just felt God was showing me that, that the church needed to be unified again. So me and my wife are worship leaders and we've been worship leaders for, you know, the past the greater part of the past 10, 15 years. And so that's what we use. That was the tool that we knew to use to help to unify the body of Christ. was through worship. I believe worship's foundational. I believe work. I think any, any, um, movement, I think beginning that movement with worship is is actually biblical. You know, um, we talked about worship preceding the battle. You know, you, you hear the stories like Jehoshaphat sending the worshipers out first and all this stuff. Huh. And that really evolved. Uh, we did some worship events uh, throughout Bowling Green where we just brought sometimes more than 20 worship leaders together from different churches. And just to do like a worship event, we would sing other people's songs. But what we found was that there was a lot of people in that group that were writing their own songs. And so and I was one of those people and I've been doing that since I was a twelve year old boy. And so we felt God leading us in that direction, saying, you know what? Maybe it's time to give this community a voice. Um, and we can do that with all of these worship leaders that are writing songs in this community, we could actually come together and show the world that the church is united by creating something together. And so that was our method to do it. We were songwriters, we were worship leaders. And so we were going to use Songs to help unite our community and hopefully the world um, and that's what we're in the process of doing you know we we've, we've just uh, released our first batch of original music, and we're we're writing more and more every day and so that's really become the heartbeat of, of one church movement, but we love we want to see the 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 other parts of the body come together as well. You know, and I believe that that God's going to raise up people to help us do that. But, you know, wouldn't it be great to see youth leaders coming together and creating things together? Wouldn't it be great to see pastors working together? And we've seen some of that um, through this movement, too. And I think God's just going to continue to build it.
1: So this isn't really a podcast designed for, like, promoting merchandise and stuff. But I'm (laughs) guessing that we'll have some listeners that would like to hear at least a taste of that music. How would they find it? We have social media, first of
2: all, like we have YouTube, um, Facebook, Instagram and and all that stuff. We can, you can go to the number one church movement and uh, you can actually find our, our website as well. We we just launched a website, onechurchmovement.com. I think it is calm, but you, you can find that on the social media too. Uh, but it actually has charts to the songs and links to the songs on our website. But also, you can you can go look at our EP that we released last year. It's got five songs on it. Um, it's called the Breakthrough EP, um, and it's got five original songs on it. You can find that on Apple Music, Spotify, all that stuff. Yeah. But we're we're currently in the process of recording even more music, and we'll continue to do that. One, one
0: of the songs, one of the songs on Breakthrough is called Walls. Can you just talk about that song just real briefly?
2: Yeah. So when we first started, when we first started the, the, the songwriting project uh, that was actually the very first song that was finished through the songwriting project. And it was just um, the heartbeat of, I felt like what we were trying to do, it just says, you know, and that there are walls that divide us, but um but Jesus is the thing that unites us. And then we bring in Ephesians 4 where it says there's one body, one baptism, and one faith and one church. And we sing that together in the in the bridge of the song. And so it sort of kind of was just like the start the start of our songwriting project, but also really kind of epitomized the heart of what we're trying to do, tear down the walls of division within our community and within the world. And help, uh, help the world to see that, you know, there are a lot of things that divide us, but there's one thing that unites us, and his name's Jesus.
0: And to be clear, these are different denominations. This is not just all Methodist churches or all yeah. different Baptist churches coming together. This is across all Christian denominations, because what we have found is the things that divide us largely are issues of style. Now, there are some theological differences. However, across all of those differences of style and some theological differences, we actually have more in common than we have things that separate us.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's hopefully what this movement can 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 show people, too, that sometimes the, the things that divide us are not nearly as important as the things that unite us. And um, ultimately, we all, denomination or not, we all have the same goal, or the church should have the same goal, and that's to see Jesus glorified. And I think that Jesus is the most glorified when the church is unified. And I think that, that that's biblical, too, because, you know, the prayer that Jesus prayed in John 17, that that, that we, 17. Would be one, we would be one as he and the Father are one. Um, that was his prayer for his people, for his church. And so we've got to learn that sometimes these differences that we have just they're not worth not being the body for, you know?
1: Yes.
0: So you, you have multi-church worship nights Mm -hmm. with different people from different denominations who all come together to make one band and play a worship night. That's largely been here in the Bowling Green area. Then you have your EP and I'm sure coming projects because The one church songwriters have probably written over a hundred songs at this point. And we are continually, yeah, we're continually meeting together, uh, listening to each other's songs, working on songs together. So I'm sure there will be more recordings in the future, but can you talk a little bit about how the one church worship teams have sort of gone out to some other places and some other events?
2: Yeah. So we, we have, It's interesting because some of the band people are people that write with us, but a lot of the band people are people that don't necessarily write songs. But I think that's really cool too because it shows you the diversity in the body. We have a group of people like I don't consider my I'm not I'm not a singer or even that talented of a musician. Um, but I feel like but my calling really is as a songwriter. And then you have people that are gifted as singers, but they're not necessarily songwriters. And you have people that are gifted musicians, but that aren't singers, you know, and so forth. So I think it shows the diversity. So we've got people that are, that are band people that don't necessarily write, but they go out to these events with us and they'll, they learn these songs and they help us arrange these songs. Um, which is really cool because we bring, we bring these songs to the band and they're just like a, Demo on voice memo, you know, and it's just like an acoustic guitar and somebody singing a, a scratch track, and so the band has done a really great job of like arranging these songs and making them so much bigger and better than what the the songwriters could have done by themselves. So we've been invited out to do to to do various events and things like that outside of this region. Even I mean, I guess still within this region, but we've done conferences. We did a giant women's conference last year in Hopkins County. Um, and then just a variety of different events that we've been able to be a part of. And that's super exciting because that's really how we get the message out. We did an event right when we went to, um, where was that at? Scott, Scottsville, Scottsville Baptist. Mm-hmm. When we did that acoustic, um, event that you invited us to, we had people coming up to us saying, you know, how could we start this in our community? You know, how could we do something like this? Why aren't we doing things like this? And that's really the point is is to to show other communities when we go and we do other events in different regions is to show other communities that it's possible. You know, the church doesn't have to live within its four walls and never talk to each other, but that we can actually do things together and we can actually accomplish uh, things that would honor God together. And when we do it together it's better and it's stronger because it's the church being unified and it's the body being used the way that it's supposed to be.
1: You know, if I think about myself give, singing the chorus of How Great Thou Art, I, I love to sing that. It's one of my favorite hymns, top 10. But mm. if I think about me singing that song in a choir, man, it's it's even more powerful. But if I think about singing it in a congregation and everybody in the room is singing, it's more powerful than it is with the choir. But then if I think about 17 churches coming together in a venue or going to a promise keepers event back in the day. And then we're all singing how great thou art. And we get to the chorus. It is, I don't even know that there are words to describe how much more powerful it is. And I think that speaks so highly of the unifying potential of worship, which is probably why the enemy hates it so much. And I love Sean, the fact that you are committed to not letting the enemy have his way, being a divisive voice in our worship as Christians, but instead just saying, you don't you don't have a place here. And, and the, the place here is where we're going to make much of Jesus. And we can do that together. We We might need to be different and separate for other things. But for this thing, we can come together and say that Satan has no, he used to be a worship leader, but he's not anymore. He doesn't get to be a part of this. And so that's our I, job now. Yeah, that's right. And I love the way that you have. We been, stole his job. That's right. Well, he forfeited it. Um, and but I I, I, love, I love the way that you have uh, cultivated that slowly and graciously and gently and with such great invitation. Um, wh- what I'm curious about is how you've seen again the, the the whole moniker for our podcast is so every soul sings. How have you seen this? I don't even know if this is the right phrase, awaken the song in the souls of people that might've been dormant before. Wow. Well, I, you know,
2: I would first say that some of the, some of the people that we have riding with us, I can think of one person personally, I guess I won't mention them by name, but I can remember meeting this person and they told me that that the first time I ever met him, that a week before we met God had told him that they were going to be writing songs. Hmm. And I told him, I said, well, I think that's why God put me in your life. I think that's why we're meeting. And then I got to tell him about what we were doing, you know, and writing these songs together. And then he couldn't ignore that. It's like, Oh my gosh, I guess this is what God, God was showing me this last week that you were going to come along and that I was going to be writing. And this is someone that's, that's been pretty prominent in writing with us. And so when you talk about awakening um, I think that, 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 that's one example. But I also think of this, um, an often quoted verse among worship leaders is that God inhabits the praises of his people, right? I mean, this is one we've probably all used on stage a hundred times, if, you, if you're in that <laughs> capacity. So God inhabits the praises of his people. But what I love about that is that word praises is, is actually the word tahila, which means new songs. or spontaneous songs so you're talking about the praise that god inhabits is actually the new songs of his people Mm -hmm. so tell me that writing songs is not important i mean i think that's do we want god to inhabit our praises he's looking for the new songs of his people he's looking for the for the voice for the voices to rise up and that will bring awakening that will bring awakening to not only the people writing the songs, but it'll bring awakening to the people that hear them uh, because that's the praise that God inhabits.
1: Yeah. And there's no, there's, there, there are very few things that are as appealing or attractive to the, to the weary soul Mm -hmm. as the authentic praise of God's people. And so when you guys are seeing that happen, the Tahila kind of praise it's tequila because it rhymes with that other drink that we don't use yeah. in worship. But um, tequila, when we're when we are singing in that spontaneous or new song, and the people who are in our presence who are just beat down, somehow their soul, because God inhabits that phrase, somehow their soul is is healed or given hope, or yeah, um, gosh, if they're not a believer yet, maybe even wishing they could have what they see. And so all of that seems to me to play into that dynamic.
2: I think that I think that worship as a whole is something that 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 breaks chains. I think we see that in, in scripture, that it not only breaks our chains, but it breaks chains of those people around us. Uh, we see that with the prison with Paul and Silas in the prison cell. Um, but worship and, and singing, you know, sing to sing is actually the second most repeated command in all of scripture. So that's not just for worship leaders like it's it, the number one is do not be afraid, number two is sing so <laughs> i lo- i I understand that singing and and music is a form of worship, and it's not worship in and of itself right but i i I think that there's an awful lot of power in that type of worship with as much emphasis that God puts on it, even for those people that aren't worship leaders, so to speak. He still tells you to sing and that and that it breaks chains. So I don't know how good of singers Paul and Silas were. We don't know. But we know that their singing broke some chains loose for themselves and Mm -hmm. for the prisoners beside them.
0: So if somebody's listening to this podcast and they don't live in Bowling Green, Kentucky, and they might be a worship leader, they may be a musician or a singer or a songwriter, and they live in a different part of the country or maybe even the world, What? uh practical things would you suggest that they might be able to do to begin to try to foster a kind of community like this, like One Church where they are?
2: Yeah, I, I think the first step is you have to get out of the boat. And what I mean by that is, you know, we see the we see the, the picture of Peter when, when God asked him to get out of the boat and walk on water it's, it's kind of an illusion to like just getting out of that comfort zone. Cause like the law of gravity says you're going to sink, but the law of God says you're going to walk on water. So you got to put your trust in that and you got to get out of your comfort zone, get out of the boat. And you're going to have to reach out to people. And a lot of us are introverted and we don't like to talk to people. And I was one of those people for a long time. And God's kind of got me away from that uh, for the longest time. You know, I, I, I did church within my four walls, and when God showed me how to get out of my four walls was when things really started happening. So don't be hesitant to reach out. And, and often, especially if you're kind of an obscure or you feel like you're in obscurity in that you maybe you go to a tiny little church and nobody knows who you are. Um, you can't be afraid to reach out to people that you may even be intimidated by. And the reality is not everybody's going to be receptive, but there will be people that God is dealing with. And when you come and you approach them with this idea, God's already been dealing with them too. And it's going to resonate. Your hearts are going to connect and things are going to happen. So I just say, be obedient, get out of your comfort zone and don't be afraid to reach out to people in your community, no matter who they are. If God lays them on your heart, you
1: got to do it. Let me say a word about that real quickly. One of my goals every year is to meet with a few guys who are in worship ministry. that are ahead of me so that I can learn from them. They've been places I haven't yet been. They've done things I haven't yet done, primarily spiritually and relationally, but also maybe just musically. And I have uh, been encouraged by a pastor. He said, when when I first submitted that as a goal, he said, I don't want you to think small. You ask anybody you can think of to have that conversation. And so far, I have yet to be turned down. And I've asked people who are national profile people. I, I think most of us who are not in that kind of position often think that those who are are somehow inaccessible. And some of them may be, but really by and large, whether it's a pastor or a worship leader, everybody I have asked to sit down with has said yes. And so don't let that be an, a deterrent. Go after it. If, if the right. spirit is leading you, trust the spirit to lead them too. And I'll say this too. The first, the first event we ever had, had like 40 people,
2: you know, <laughs> had like 40 people because we didn't know anybody from big churches. So we just invited the people that we knew, And we threw it together, and and it was a a great night of worship. Um, But it was like 40 or 50 people. Uh, But God does the growing as long as you be obedient. You do your part. Mm
1: -hmm. The obedience
2: is on you, but the growth and the results are on God. So you can't worry about the results. You just have to worry about being obedient, and God will bring the results. I also
0: wanted to mention that I I've said we in this whole conversation because I've been a part of one church from the beginning. And I, I thoroughly support your vision and your ministry in this. And I think it is so inspiring and will inspire so many people. Um, so we have the multi-church worship nights. We also have the songwriting across denominational lines, collaboratively co-writing songs. We have traveling to other places to lead at you know different events but we also have have formed this community where we actually lead for one another at each other's churches so you know i go to a vineyard church i'm more of a charismatic kind of a flowy person but i have led at sean's church And I have led at Rod's church on a Sunday morning. And to me, that's, that's a miracle. That's a sign and a wonder that is a fulfillment. Not me, not me specifically, (laughs) but, uh, just that that could happen is a fulfillment to me of Jesus's prayer in John chapter seven.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And that's the body working together and us being there for one another and helping one another out. Um, and those doors have kind of been opened in this community. And I think we're just going to see more and more of it. And it, That's the exciting part.
1: What else, Bethany?
0: Well, I think we've mentioned the, the website is one, like the number one churchmovement.com. Okay. You can also check us out on Facebook, check out our EP and uh, look for upcoming events. We have had to cancel some events because of COVID, but we do have some planned events coming up. Sean, is, is there anything set in stone yet with some of those events in the fall or?
2: Yeah, we are, well, we are going out. We are, we are going to a church in Madisonville sometime at the, in the fall that we've been invited to. And then we are going to do our event that was scheduled for March that we had to, that we had to reschedule. We're actually going to do a live recording of that event at Hillview. Um, I won't say the date because it's not confirmed, but we'll announce that pretty soon. But that's exciting.
0: And that's an original song event. So every yeah, that'll song... that'll be all original
2: songs. In fact, I think as we move forward with this movement, I think what, what we're going to see is mainly original song events. I think God's kind of moving us in that direction. So, But I think that's really exciting that we have enough songs or that we will have enough songs to continue to do it that way.
1: Let me ask this question... Since I'm not a songwriter and you guys both are, um, if I was, if I found this whole one church concept, um, a place that my soul was drawn toward and I felt like God wanted me to do something to unify the churches in my area. Can I do that without the songwriting collective kind of dynamic or does that, is that really integral to the whole vision? No, I
2: think that it's sort of that, 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 that the songwriting part has kind of been, um, part that's sort of evolved out of it um but but well we've we've still to this day have continued to do events um we continue to do events where we bring all kinds of singers and musicians that don't write um and so we're just being prayerful about about when and where we do those and that sort of thing so absolutely if your heart and passion is is to be a unifier in the body of christ we definitely don't, we, I,
1: I, we've never once turned anybody away. So I'm sure there's
2: a place for you.
1: Yeah. And, and I'm, again, I'm not a songwriter. I've been a part of a couple of these events and at both of them, I, I felt like I was a part of it. It wasn't like, Oh yeah, this is the guy that doesn't read song, write songs. I mean, it, <laughs> so, I, and I, I love Sean. I wish I could remember exactly the phrase you used, but a unifier of the body of Christ. Maybe um, I, I love that thinking and that terminology. And who wouldn't want to be that?
2: Yeah. I, again, I and like I said before, people are, some people are gifted to be singers. So, like, I'll write a song, but I don't sing that song. Every song I write, somebody else sings it at the event. So, we need just people that sing, we need people that just play. And that, so there's definitely a place for everybody.
1: Yeah. And, and I think, um, I think I have at least wanted to be, if not been as successful at being a unifier of the body of Christ everywhere I've been in ministry. And I would say I would echo agree with what you said. You you don't have to have a songwriting thing as a part of that. You can find ways to be together. First of all, just get together as humans with other leaders in your town. But then you can come together as churches and do all kinds of things that have nothing to do with style of music. They just have to do with the fact that together we've we've agreed that we're going to make much of Jesus tonight or today or this morning or outside or inside or wherever. And, And again, that's such a powerful witness to the community there are things that are said in that context without saying them that can't be said in any other, any other context, even by saying them. Um, it's, It's not really not good language. There are things that can be communicated that can't be said. And what we communicate when we come together as a body of Christ, five different churches from five different denominations and people who are family and friends of those people going, well, what's that about? I thought, I thought Christians couldn't get along. Um, Jesus said they're going to know that that we are his disciples by how we love each other. I don't think that means how Baptists love Baptists or vineyard people love vineyard people or Methodists love Methodists or Catholics love Catholics. I think it's the way that people who are belong to Jesus love people who belong to Jesus. So I'm, I'm for it, man. I, I love the work you're doing.
0: Yeah. The, go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, the Trinity is our model, Right. Like the father doesn't do exactly the same thing that the son does. And the son doesn't do exactly the same thing the Holy Spirit does. But we find them in scripture, especially they can't stop talking about each other. They can't stop praising one another. You know, Jesus, Jesus can't stop talking about the Holy Spirit in the, in the book of John, you know, 14, 15, 16, 17. And, uh, the father just can't stop talking about the son. You know, he, he puts everything under his feet and the Holy Spirit loves to glorify Jesus. It's like his favorite thing. And so if that's our model, uh, when we do that as the body of Christ, It's powerful and it, it does. It, it, like you said, it communicates something to the world. It looks like God to the world that looks like God. When people from three different denominations right here on this, this phone call alone can say to one another, man, I love the way you do that. You are so gifted at that. You're so effective and powerful when you minister that way, that looks like God.
2: Right. Right. I had a revelation recently about the word collaboration and I looked at it one day and it just like broke into the word co-laborers doesn't don't those words look awful lot alike and doesn't the Bible talk about us being co-laborers and I think even when you were talking about the Trinity I think man they're kind of co-laborers too aren't they working towards a common goal Um, but I think that for us to collaborate together or co-labor together is the epitome of what the body of Christ looks like. And God is the most satisfi- satisfied in that when he looks down, and he sees us, to, like I said before, God's the most glorified when this church is unified. And I think that that's the point here.
0: What a message that we need today in June of 2020. And I, I think the thing that's required for this to happen, wherever you are, wherever you are listening to this right now, is a, a, an abundant measure of the Holy Spirit that will help you to humble yourself. I think that is the main barrier to churches working together is, is a lack of humility in saying, you know what, maybe that venue would be better than my church building. Maybe that person would be a better person to sing the song I wrote than me. That takes a tremendous amount of humility. And and what's another word for that? Serving, we yeah. serve one another in the One Church movement. That's our our goal: is to serve Jesus and to serve one another. And shouldn't that also be the goal of the church?
2: At right. Large? We've got to we've got to have a cooperation mindset over a competition mindset. Um, and if we don't have that, we don't have anything. We've got to quit comparing ourselves to others and looking at each other as competition, and understand that. We've got to cooperate with each other and collaborate with each other. That's the way to get the job done, to get all of our visions and missions accomplished. It's ultimately going to take us doing it together.
1: Bethany, I want to close with this. You mentioned in June of 2020, um, if you're listening and you're out of time, then you may not know that right now our nation is just in such upheaval about race relations. And I love, Sean, that the last time I was a part of a, a one church event, I was standing next to a man of color and we delighted in honoring each other. And we delighted in worshiping together. And there was no sense that there was any racism on his part or on mine. And why can't worship be unifying and be the place where God might even bring healing at that level when churches gather together and and they worship Jesus together because he one day will call all of us, regardless of our race or creed or color or anything else, to be a part of what happens in heaven. So let's just get started, friends. Find a way. Reach out. Don't wait. The kingdom of God is too important. And the unity that Jesus begged God to bring among his believers is too important to him for us to not work to make it happen. Thank you guys for being a part of today. Sean, thanks for being our special guest. Um, We do honor you. Thank you for the work that you're doing for the kingdom, for the church. For having me. And thank you for being a guy that helps souls sing. It, you really do. And, and it's not because you're trying to get people to sing a song. It's because you're trying to get people to sing to Jesus. And I love that about the way that you are as a human and as a Christ follower. And so thank you. Um, listeners, remember to share. Get word out. Remember One Church, um, all, all that stuff about social media and uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, YouTube. Uh, the songs are worth listening to. They are worth considering to use in your worship services. Um, At least two or three of them, I think are as good as any song I've heard anywhere in the last few years. And and the others are, are not bad songs. It's just two or three of them, like with any songwriting group are just raising to the top. And so, man, I just, I love them and commend them to you. So spread the word. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next time.